1: This is The Bob and Jeff Show, starring
2: Bob Lutz. Who's better at this job of radio? You
1: shut your
0: mouth when you're talking to me.
1: Jeff Lutz.
0: Really good to great, you know, depending on the day. Yeah!
1: isn't that exciting 97.5 in 1240 kfh
3: it's showtime baby you will go wacko bananas nuts crazy
2: unbelievable all right welcome back everyone hour number two the bob and jeff show here on kfh radio bob lutz jeff lutz your co-host max power producing the show engineering the show 869 1240 is the phone number let's get uh mike purchase in mike welcome how are you I'm doing pretty good. Not a bad day. Had a little bit of a visit to the doctor's office
4: and had a good lunch at the yard. who we both know very well. So it's been a good day.
2: And uh, how's your little uh, your new dog doing? Because
3: he he won't
4: leave me. <laughs> I mean, the whole story, you've read the story and looked through it because I heard you talk about You read everything I've posted. Uh, he's learned that sitting on his papa's lap, it's a whole lot more comfortable than being out in twenty degrees below zero windshield. So, he Good he won't him. leave me. He reminds. And when I got him, Hugo, I, right? it's Bruno. And I and oh, no, yeah. I don't know okay. if the same. You named, said Bruno I early. You got it. After, yeah, I don't know if he's named name after Bruno Mars or not. He had that name through while, which is which the Animal Action League. Uh, he I, when I first saw him, Bob, and his mannerisms to some extent, he reminds me so much of Misty. It's unreal. Uh, he's brown instead of white, but about the same size, the same type of fur, uh, and he just—he reminds me a lot of Misty. So, I saw your picture that you posted, what an hour and a half or so ago, and it, it looks when I come in, he's—he's he's in the recliner, leaning back under the covers, just just exactly like that. So, uh, I think you—I think you'd get along with him well.
2: Yeah, good deal. Uh, yeah. All right, uh, do you have any anything you'd like to say to Jeff? Still here, I am, well, Mike.
4: Here's a, I think I think Bobby I think you hit the nail on the head. As you get older, you recognize your sense of mortality. And uh, there a an, there's an old episode uh, of uh, a bag on a, the Little House on the Prairie, to where he's making furniture and he realizes that what he's doing will be left behind after he's gone. And the most impactful scene I've ever seen in a movie was from Schindler's List. At the end of the movie, Schindler's done everything that he can, and then he realizes there's a car he could have sold to make a difference in someone else's life. So that's my heart, and it. Real, I, I could care less about me uh, to a very large extent. But I, I was told when I was growing up by a, by a teacher in high school that I would never amount to anything more than work on a factory assembly line. And I never forgot that. And people don't understand this. They've heard it, but they don't know it. I know it because I lived it. I was homeless for two and a half years, and to have been blessed to meet some of the people and do some of the things I've done is miraculous. And if if I, who still consider myself a dumb, poor street kid from the streets of Johnson City, Tennessee, if I can make a difference in someone's life somehow, then I've done something. And my whole life purpose, my goal, is to hopefully uh, make a, a life difference either by something I've written to get someone to think or something I've done that gives someone some measure of hope, and I think we recognize yes. that, Jeff, and you will as well. When you get older, and your friends start to die around you, I that yeah, I get it, and
0: maybe I will, maybe I will change my tune as I get older. I definitely want to help people and be there for people, and I, I make a difference. I mean, I guess in the in the larger sense of the word, I I do want to do that. But also, there's a big part of me that wants no evidence that I even existed once I'm gone. Yeah, which is strange.
4: Yeah, it is is strange. But you'll—I mean, each each of us do our thing in our own way. Hopefully, the thing that we do in our own way has an impact in a positive way for someone else in in their life. Because there are people all around us that struggle, that have hard times, and we and you and Bob. And Max and whoever else is listening, we are all blessed in some way. And if we can find a way to use that blessing that we have to touch someone else's life, then we've done something worthwhile. For Bob Lee 62 it is an absolutely wonderful, beautiful thing. For a while, when saw animal actually, for them to work with animals the way that they do is an absolutely beautiful, wonderful thing. So, hopefully, all of us can make a difference. And uh, and I don't post all about that. I posted, <laughs> I I posted a lot of chief stuff this week with a slam or two at the Cowboys and the Broncos. So I do love sports. I there love you go. Mike, I'm,
2: we love your post.
4: Mike, I'm not the
0: best communicator overall. Wait but, a minute. Isn't that your job? I'm not. For me, best way to have a conversation is to just get right into it. I'm, I feel yeah. like I'm direct, maybe too direct at times. I don't know how to, like, beat around the bush. I obviously am terrible at small talk. So we're going to have a deep conversation. Let's just jump right in. I I want to yeah. be challenged. I want to challenge other people. So I don't
4: know. I don't well, know that, if that's effective. I, well, but challenge that's, me. I, that, I do. <laughs> well, I All right, Jeff let's get
2: knows.
4: into. I, I just want to say this. I, I think Jeff knows how much love and appreciation I have for the both of you. And I consider Jeff a dear friend, and you're not going to upset me in that way in any way. So there you go. Now we can go to the movies.
2: Same let's, for us. Uh, let's get into the Academy Award nominations. Uh, ten movies, I've seen one, two, three, four, five of them, so I'm halfway through. Uh, it appears to me, and I don't know if you'll agree, there's some very, very good movies. We've discussed no, on this show that we both believe movies are back, but it yeah. appears to me Oppenheimer is the one.
4: Well, it's it's going to be hard to say because we you've got to remember these are members of the Academy that come from various walks of life, and they vote. And sometimes, just like in elections for politics, sometimes the vote, vote is split. I think that happened the year that Chariots of Fire won. Uh, I think there were other films that people liked much better than Chariots of Fire, but the vote split and Chariots of Fire won Best Picture of the Year because of that, and that could happen. Uh, there's, I've seen six of the nominees as well and found out that six of the ten nominees are streaming right now, some for a minimal price. And others for free, so I'm playing on watching Maestro uh, and some of these others as well. And I'm going to be going to the theater soon to watch four things, which also seems to be getting a lot of buzz and got a lot of nominations, so we'll see what happens. But I would agree that Oppenheimer has to be the favorite.
2: And were you as offended as many that uh, Margot Robbie and Greta Gerwig were not nominated for Barbie, Margot for Best Actress, Greta Gerwig for certainly the uh, Best Director? Uh, that seems to be a strange omission.
4: There's, there were several strange omissions this year as well. Leonardo DiCaprio, I think, should have as well been nominated. He's so good at what he does that people think, that, oh, he's really good, but he's always really good, and he doesn't get credit for that. Uh, there are several nominations along that guard. Margot Robbie, I most definitely agree. She should have been nominated, and she is one of the top four or five snubs of the nominations this year that I just frankly don't understand. Especially when we talk about the year of women and trying to put women in, you know, higher positions uh, related to the movies and and the so-called Hollywood world.
0: Mike, I got a question for you because you watch a lot of movies, and I'm sure you know you can tell good acting, good directing, all these major categories. But do you notice best lighting or or best sound yeah. or some of these further down categories? And we're talking about these movies, all these big budget movies and and critically acclaimed movies. They all probably have pretty good lighting and sound. So what do you think separates uh, the best from the from the good?
4: Well, you gotta go, you gotta have a good uh, DP, uh, development or directing photographer, directing photographer. So you've got to have a really good DP, a good person that's looking out for the, those things. I noticed him probably more so than most fans. Uh, for me, one of the big snubs this year, for example, was uh, Godzilla Minus One. And how it can be so acclaimed and praised by so many Americans that go to film, which, do, which does enlarge, uh, along with the Asian market, drives uh, the Hollywood and the movie world, and only get one nomination, and then not be nominated for Best Picture of the Year for Foreign Film. I don't understand it. Uh, That's my biggest number of the year. But the sound in that movie uh, is absolutely amazing, and it is nominated for that. Uh, No, it's not nominated for Best Sound, it's for Best Visual Effects. But the sound in that movie was even more impressive to me than the Visual Effects. When you're watching a movie and the sound occurs and the seats shake and the audience, you hear them moan because of the sounds that they've heard that that can show you the importance of a movie. And I think we probably have all seen clips of movies where they'll use different sound effects or different music for different scenes and it changes the intent of the scene entirely from say a horror movie to a comedy. And so those are very important things. And lighting, uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, those types of things were absolutely beautiful in that movie. And they just, they add to the experience. And that's one of the reasons I recommend the theater as opposed to at home, because you can see and experience those things better than you can at home, unless you've got a seven plus inch plus a surround sound system.
2: <laughs> no, if you have that,
4: Bob. If you, do, if you do, I can save some money.
2: <laughs> I got to get a different sound system here. I've had mine since we bought uh, the original TV I had, and I'm going to get somebody out here to wire me up good. In fact, yeah, I know more. who I'm going Now you're giving me an idea. I'm going to get uh, my electrician friend out here to m- make all that happen. There's another yeah, two grand. It. Oh, well. It's just money. You can,
4: uh, well, back in the old days,
2: well, you can't take it with you. You, know, you don't want to leave it off the Jeff. <laughs> that kind of does, though. <laughs> so you you are a fan of horror movies, as we know. You've discussed that here on the show. And you went to see one recently and just... You panned it, man. You you said this is a bad movie. Don't go. Tell us about yeah, it. Yeah.
4: It was a nice slim. The previews look really good. The trailers. And I don't know if the audience understands this. There are people that make really good money to make trailers that make you want to go see a movie. And whoever they paid for the trailer for this, they need a, they need a raise because the theater was packed. It was sold out. They had to turn away about 10 people at the theater at the AMC for this particular movie. And it looks good. It looks scary. I kind of like the premise, which was different. It was horrible. There's no continuity in the story. There's no, When I see a, a horror movie, I want to know why. I want to know what is the evil that exists, uh, what does the evil represent, those types of things. And uh, it's it's horrible. Night Swims is still in theaters. I don't know what the audience is like the night I saw it. It was sold out. And it had been out for a week. And uh, I, there are bad movies, and that's one of them. And there will probably be people that disagree with me, but I just didn't care for it And he gave me $10 to go see it again.
0: I wouldn't do it. So, you know, we, we had the conversation a, a few weeks ago about the book of Clarence, I believe it is. Yeah, and then you yeah. went and saw it and said maybe it wasn't as sacrilegious as you thought. First of all, why did you feel that way? And second of all, we didn't get as deep into the, you know, whole religion in movies conversation. Yeah. Do you think— that could be done well while not providing necessarily the message you want to hear, quote-unquote sacrilege, or is that something, if you're not going to do it respectfully, that you should just never never wade into?
4: I went farther than what you stated, Jeff. I said I was wrong. Uh, I mean, I said I was just flat-out wrong about my initial impression of the movie. I thought it was a great, brilliant movie. In fact, I go to a group every uh, Tuesday night called Beer and Spirituality, where we talk about we have a beer or so, and then we talk about spiritual things related to movies or whatever and we, we talked a lot last night about the book of clarence i think what makes a difference is that this it recognizes the existence of jesus it takes place at the time of jesus but it shows the difference there was someone that wanted to take advantage of religion for profit and we can start talking about tv preachers and other people around the world about how that we can relate to this there was an individual who used religion as a means to make money as opposed to the person of Jesus in the movie. One of the things I loved about the movie is that Jesus and the disciples were essentially all black, which was, I I prefer the image of Jesus not from the typical blue eyes, blonde haired approach that a lot of Westerners use. But we can approach those things and discuss those things. I think the discussion and the impact of the movie that talks about the importance of making a difference in helping the poor, the needy, the orphan, the widow, Uh, Those types of things there are important lessons there that we can all learn from despite what religious belief that we have and the individual Clarence without giving too much away he learns those lessons in a hard way in a difficult way and as opposed to say the life of Brian where it's a little bit different he never presents himself as Jesus he presents himself as a Messiah who uses that relationship as the Messiah to make profits and money and and take advantage of people. So I think think it would have been a perfect Martin Luther King Jr. movie to go see uh, because Dr. King was also the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, and his influence within the church was critically important to his actions. And uh, I don't know if I can explain any more how wrong I was about my initial impression of what I thought the movie was going to be. It is one that I will buy when it's on DVD or streaming with options. It was that
2: good. Wow. Does that surprise you? Mike? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, but it surprises yeah. me. I don't know if it surprises Jeff. Uh, it's Mike Furches with us. We're talking uh, movies, pop culture. I want to go back to the Academy Awards. Annette Bening and Jodie Foster were both nominated. Annette Bening as Best Actress. Jodie as Best Supporting Actress for Nyad, uh, the dramatization of uh, Diana Nyad and her uh, swim from Cuba to Key West. Uh, back in 19, uh, in 2013, a uh, total of, uh, I'm reading here, 110 miles. Now, see, that movie has been on my radar, but you're talking about Annette Benning and Jodie Foster. Wow.
4: Jodie Foster, you remember, you remember when she came out, Bob, in the Disney movies? Who would have ever thought, you know, that she would become such a dynamic, important actress, of the 20th century, 21st century. Who, who would have thought it? Because she's she's a she's a tremendous director. She's a tremendous actress. She's one of those actresses that I will see anything that she's in, and just you know, appreciating the story of Nyad is one thing. The fact that Jodie Foster's in that movie just it just adds to the anticipation of seeing it. And I don't think that's been in Wichita yet at the theaters.
2: If it has, I mean it's on it, streaming, so. you can you can okay. get it that way. Uh, well, I'll be this I do want to ask you one other thing before we uh, leave. Uh, speaking of Jodie Foster, there's uh, uh, the new version of True Detective. It's called Night Country and it stars her and it's set in Alaska uh, during a, a time of uh, winter where there's no daylight. So yeah. it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's been a challenge because of that. Uh, but she is such a great actress that she's able to carry a series like that, and True Detective is certainly uh, has a strong history. Have you checked in on that yet?
4: I've not, but I will because I like True Detective. I like those types of shows especially, and I, and I like that series, but I've not seen the, the new rendition.
2: We're two episodes in, and uh, now we're waiting for that third one. As Jeff likes to say, I watch everything. You do. <laughs>
4: So it just, it's a matter Mike, of time and the time to watch it, that's the only problem.
2: So, it it does get challenging. So when we're sitting yeah. here relaxing at night and there's not a game uh, that we want to watch now tonight, we'll want to watch K-State, Iowa State, and the Shockers uh, play at home against East Carolina. Uh, so we'll want to watch some basketball, but on nights when there's not a game that compels us, that's the kind of stuff we like to watch.
4: Yeah. I, I especially enjoy that as well. And I'm, I'm, fortunate and blessed in that way that my wife enjoys those types of shows too so she's worked for Tallgrass for many years but she's she said she's watched more movies since we've been married than she ever watched while she was working on Tallgrass which surprised me but we enjoy those are the, the very types of shows that she enjoys so if she's listening right now which she very well may be she's going to be reminding me that we need to watch that <laughs> so thanks <laughs> I've <all>. watched uh, <laughs>
0: 11 episodes of Curb Your Enthusiasm and they're yeah. good but I think I got it right oh boy yeah. Mike <laughs> I mean, they're funny. That's, I'm not going to take, but I also just think, okay. I wish that, you hadn't even said that. I'm like, okay, I got it. I get it now. I think. I mean, I, I don't think I. I'll probably go back, but I think I got it.
2: Mike, what happened to Jeff? What do you think it is? Because this isn't somebody I even recognize anymore. Uh, that's one of the funniest shows in the history. I'm not saying it's not funny. Television and the guest stars and the uniqueness and the. Yeah. I don't know. It's. February fourth. It's final season. I'll probably watch on HBO. I can't wait.
4: Yeah, I think as part of what you're alluding to is you don't understand what's considered to be so great by so many. Is that part of it? No, I, mean, I, just I, it. I, I, I understand
0: all that, and I think it's funny, and I was entertained by it, and I enjoyed it. And then it's like, okay, well, that's the show. And <laughs> do I need to watch a hundred of these as opposed to just a few? Yeah.
4: Uh, I, I think I think it's important for you to find what you enjoy and and not necessarily dive into it or, you know, delve into it. Uh, find something you enjoy, and if you enjoy it, participate, and if not, don't, you know. I, I there like you go. Quit bugging up.
2: us with
0: it. Sorry about that, yeah. Mike. My apologies. <laughs>
2: All right. Thank uh, you, Mike. We appreciate it as always. We'll catch up with you next week.
4: Okay. Take care, guys. As I'm getting licked in the Mike face, Furches. i my dog. <laughs> <All right, bye. laughs>
2: yes. Put pictures of your dog up. Often, Uh Mike Furches with us talking pop culture. What made you mention that? I don't know. Just to kind of throw a damper on things, I guess. Yeah, just be the. Why is that? The rain on the parade. Why? <laughs> I didn't mean to. When we come back, have an answer. I don't want to have an answer. Forget. The Figure biggest... out why you thought it was important. Just tell us that. Because want enthusiasm a... is a one-trick pony. Mm, not necessarily, but okay tell us why when we come back we'll see Uh, on the other side jeff will explain himself (laughs) on one of the great legendary comic comedians and comedy shows of all time back in a minute
3: Put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
1: Jeff on 97.5 and 1240 KFH. So
2: you tell me that curb your enthusiasm. You've seen enough, but you watch Instagram Reels. Instagram Reels are funny. What happened? So what, curve curve your happened enthusiasm. To the, what happened to the world? What do you mean? There can't be an Instagram uh, thread that's as reel. funny as Curb Your Enthusiasm. There are several. You name
0: one. I watched some cat reels last night that were just off the charts funny.
2: Really? Yeah. On Instagram? Yeah, that's right. I wouldn't give you five minutes of Instagram if it was the last five minutes I had. Well, maybe you're missing out.
0: Maybe you're not. I don't know. That's
2: I wish I felt the that eye way about beholder. Twitter. You uh, should, You
0: do feel that way about well, Twitter. but
2: but I can't avoid Twitter. So the what will happen someday, and I'm building toward it. I hope is that I'll just delete it, and that'll be that. And uh, I hope I hope that happens. I need Facebook to function with League Forty Two. I don't need Twitter. Right. You don't need Twitter.
0: And, you know, I was in the habit of going to Twitter, and I still type in twitter.com once or twice a day, and it takes me to the homepage
2: because I don't have an account, and that's that. You deleted your account. Yes. So if you come back to Twitter, which you will, it'll be with a different account. No, it'll be the same account. You just have to reactivate it.
0: But I don't know. I don't know why I would do that.
2: Well, yeah. I'm sure you get at home at night and you're fidgety, and I'm fidgety all the time. Don't have enough on your plate, and you gotta, you feel like you gotta check Twitter. No, there's nothing to check on Twitter. Sometimes there is. I find out that's, stuff. That's why it's so hard to let go of it, because occasionally, like let's go right now, and I'm gonna go to the St. Louis Cardinals and see if anything's happening. Uh, here's an interview with Matt Carpenter. I wouldn't mind seeing that. You love Carp, I man. I I do. Seven love years carp. ago. Well, I know I still love him. If he's a Cardinal, I want him to be the best Cardinal he can be. Uh, here's a Bernie Miklus column. So I liked one of your for, tweets because of Twitter. I'll be able to read this stuff as it as it pertains to the Cardinals. I still have to be on Twitter at work, but
0: that is the Channel 12 account. So I'm, I'm not getting. It's just news stuff. So I'm not getting. You run
2: that account?
0: Not really. Sometimes I mean, I post post stuff on it, but I all of our digital people.
2: What were you going to say about some posts you read? One of
0: your uh, tweets, when the Matt Carpenter news came out, was very encouraged because someone said he's going to fill a veteran leadership role, and you said, "How many teams have a veteran leadership role?" I think you're coming around. You're coming
2: around that that kind of stuff is worthless. No, there is there there's you need leadership. I just don't know that it has to be veteran leadership. Uh what are Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt doing? What was Adam Wainwright doing last year? Uh didn't they have didn't don't they have enough veterans? Um I don't get this. So we'll see. Uh listen, I'm gonna give the Cardinals every benefit of the doubt because I need them to be good. Okay? I can't go through another seventy-one ninety-one. It's too hard on me. It's not something I'm used to, like you are. Yeah, I've had so many of those, and uh, and uh, it's just not going to work for me. And that's why I don't get how how why do people stay loyal to the Royals? They had a couple good years, but they've been terrible because it's just baseball, right? It's not Not life and death.
0: But at, at the end of the day.
2: It is what it is. At the end of the day, you know what? At the end of every day, what I say to myself is uh, baseball's a big part of what makes these days worth living.
0: But you are going to want to watch the team that you most closely identify with. And for Royals fans, that's the Royals. If they just went over to the Mets or the Diamondbacks or the Rangers or...
2: Somebody else. Well, how'd it get so entrenched? They wouldn't have. Why are the Cardinals just so entrenched with me? I mean, I couldn't. Because you have a I history. I could drop them if I had to. Because you have a history. Yeah, but. Now, with the Cardinals. We it, all have history. It
0: takes years to build a history, right? We just all have history. One year is not a history. But when you build up years and you're in the trenches and you let them sometimes dictate your emotions. For better or worse, that's a history.
2: Well, you left a history.
0: I've I've been a part and, of my own history for and, 30 uh, years now. And I don't
2: know how you did that. I don't either, but it happened. And nobody does that. That would have been like me at the age of 11 uh, in 1966, in the midst of a great Cardinals run, by the way. Saying, you know, I think I'll go uh, be a fan of the, uh, uh, you know, Braves. Were there any other teams in baseball when you were that young? So I, you know, it just didn't make any sense, and it was hurtful.
0: So I could, I've, I could be the Cardinals, Pirates, and that's about it. I don't have. There are no others. What do you mean? There weren't that many teams back
2: then. Again, not funny. <laughs> no, seriously, Jeff, because I've told you, you're, you've hit a rut. No, I haven't. You're I think sour, I, you're,
0: I'm not you're, sour. You're you're negative. Uh, yeah, you, I might be negative, but I'm not
2: sour. You know, you're sour. You picked on <laughs> our you friend gonna, Mike Furtis no, from didn't. the get go today. I didn't pick on him. Well, I, it's insulting when you say things like, "Well, he just puts everything out there." I didn't say that. What'd you say? Could I remind said
0: everything, and it seems like everything in Mike's life is a big deal.
2: Oh, that's not insulting. <laughs> Did I say that? No, that's... I don't know what I said. That's that's perfectly fine. Mike, text me. That's... Oh, that's a... What a compliment. <laughs> Doesn't it? I don't no, know what I said. that's not a compliment. I don't know what I said. Yeah, I think you said every. It seems like everything in Mike's life is monumental, I think was... Oh, no, i use that word later. Um, and I'll say this. Of all the Facebook people, yeah. I said a lot of big things happened to Mike. I don't know. I, what big things? I don't know. Well, give me an example. My phone's playing music. What big things?
0: Just, I, what do you mean give you an example? You know exactly what I'm talking about.
2: No, he doesn't post just about big things. He posts about life. Fine. Some things are big, some things aren't. Uh, I think it's great that there are people in this world who can try to enlighten us. I have deep, high respect for Mike. Who doesn't? Well, to say, well, everything in this life must be big. Why uh, is
0: that? Why is that a problem?
2: You don't post on Facebook very often. Not much anymore. Um,
0: I don't have a whole lot to say anymore. I don't know how that happened. Well, did you ever? Yeah, I posted stuff on there occasionally.
2: When I post, it just uh, creates an onslaught of—I uh, don't know what it does. So I—I'd I'd, I'd like to post more, frankly. Then post. I don't more. have any time. Oh no, that's that's a hindrance. When I'm in front of a computer, I don't have time to post on Facebook. I'm usually doing other things on the computer. So it would mean that I would take away from my downtime in the evenings. Which I'm very reluctant to do, to come down here and make a Facebook post. That makes no sense, and I don't want to do it on my phone. It takes forever. Well, that's—I uh,
0: I don't know what to tell you there. That's the choice you have to make. You know, seems like you're happy with the choices you have
2: made. You know something, I haven't lost very—I I haven't lost much. I know what you're about to say what your typing speed. Yeah, have you noticed that? You still type fast. Is that something people lose? Well, you would think as you get older, right? dexterity. You would think. You would think. I mean, you lose something off the curve as you get older, don't you? Sure. But I wonder how fast I can type still. Pretty fast. Faster than you. Yeah. How about that? You admitted it. I've never been a
0: particularly fast typer. I mean, when I'm at my highest, highest peak, I'm like 80 words per minute. No, I blow that away. Like the best I'll do. But I never learned to type with all my fingers, you know.
2: Well, you didn't take a typing class. I did. I I just
0: couldn't do it, and I typed faster. I don't get how I don't get how people have that dexterity with all their fingers. How do you move one finger at once? My fingers would be—I don't know how. I just don't get how that's done.
2: There's no explaining it. It just happens. It's like you've done it so many times. It's muscle memory. And the letters are just, if I sit and try to think about which letters are where, outside of the middle row, I don't know. I know where all the letters are. I can't are. tell you. Listen, when I sit look, down, at your,
0: look at your keypad. No, keypad. I don't care about that. Q-W-E-R-T-Y-U-I-O-P-A-S-D-F-G-H-J-K-L-Z-X-C-V-B-N-M.
2: I know where all they are. What I'm saying is, and that's fine, that's some whatever, but I couldn't tell you that. But when I sit down to type, I know where the letters are. Does that make any sense? So do I. But does that make any sense? Well, I just
0: said I do it too, so yes, it makes sense.
2: Now, where I have not learned to be particularly fast is up on the top row with the numbers and symbols. There are people who can just go right to that just as quick as they do the letters. I'm not one of those. Are you spacebar with your thumb? Sure I am. Don't know how to do that. You use them all, man. Don't
0: know how. Do I maybe space bar with my thumb? I don't think so.
2: That's Let what we see. That's what we learned in typing. No, I don't. Typing
0: class. I had typing class. So my our friend Matt Silverthorne taught it.
2: Over I at had in it in the 7th high school. When we had manual typewriters that you had to hit the return bar, the return lever. It made a noises as you did that I know I typed on typewriters early on in my years we had an old uh, typewriter at my parents house that was given to us uh, by my aunt Esther and it was a royal typewriter and I use that quite a bit
0: yeah typewriters were you interested typewriters were fun they made sounds and it was cool
2: uh, when they got electric typewriters, all bets were off. That was awesome. I don't I don't know those. No, seriously. I don't know those. Electric typewriters. I about we
0: just went from typewriters to keyboards?
2: No, we had electric typewriters. Wichita State at home tonight. East Carolina, the opponent. Uh they are 0 and 5 in the conference. They're on a big losing streak. If they don't win this game, look out. Yeah, not good. The dissatisfaction. Will- Listen, there's Paul Mills needs time. We've all said it, but you want to see the team improve. You want to see them get better. Uh, you want to see them win some games. And uh, this is certainly one game that you would hope the Shockers are capable and able uh, to win tonight against. I think a decent better. Uh, I think everybody in the Americans decent. How do I, s- I don't think there's any really bad teams. Outside of perhaps Rice, but even Rice has had a few moments.
0: Yeah, and I don't know if they have one this year, but it seems like East Carolina always has a guy averaging 20 points a game, and Wichita State never has a guy averaging 20 points. Well, they do occasionally. When?
2: Not uh, recently.
0: I don't think that's ever happened. They have Bobby Pettiford. I don't—I know he's not averaging 20.
2: Rice, 1-4 and four in the conference. Tulsa, 1-5. Temple one and five. They're only one over Wichita State, uh, Texas San Antonio, which has been competitive in quite a few games, but they've only won one in the conference. So you've got Rice at one and four, Tulsa Temple, UTSA at one and five, Shockers at zero and five, East Carolina comes into the game tonight at two and four in the conference, nine and ten overall. Uh, so we'll see. Certainly not a game you want to lose at home.
0: They have three guys averaging 14.1 or more. Uh, Bobby Pettiford, not one of those. All, the transfer from KU. They have the number 67 prospect from a few years ago. Uh, I don't know. It's not going to be easy for Wichita State. Nobody said it was. These
2: games aren't easy when you play in conference.
0: No, but they should. Uh, they shouldn't be the team
2: that is easy for others either. I don't think they are easy for us. I others. know, but you don't want to look at them. You don't want other teams to look well, as at As I them. said, I don't think there are any easy games But that doesn't year. mean every team's good. That just means kind of they, every team's uh, out. They're riding a three-game losing streak after wins against Tulsa and on the road at Temple, uh, where they won by 11. Shockers didn't win at Temple. They lost to Florida Atlantic by 15. They've lost to uh, SMU by 11. They lost a one-point game against uh, North Texas at home and then went on the road at UAB and lost by eight. So East Carolina is a, a, you know, you don't just roll the balls out and beat them. Right. Uh, Nor do you roll the balls out and beat anybody in this conference. I think it's, well, that's what I'm saying. I'm I'm saying that. Give me a team you roll the balls out against. But that. No, but that no. sounds like no, no, give me a uh, team. I think you're misappropriating. Give me a team in the American this year. Where you There just, isn't one, but well, that's what I said. That doesn't mean the
0: conference is good. I didn't say it's good. I know, but that's I what said it it's that's balance, what
2: balance. And bad balance is not It's not bad balance. It's not good balance. It's okay balance. These teams all have good players. Uh, it's not a great conference. But in the most recent bracketology, Joe Linardi has three teams in from right. the American. We'll see if North That's, Texas can I'll hold that tell you up. i what, if they can get three teams in every year, then it is a good conference. If you're getting three teams in, you've got a pretty good conference. Okay. I don't disagree with that. But then this why is, have you been
0: arguing about this, it? This has been a one-bid league, and now suddenly they get uh, a Florida Atlantic team. That is coming off a of Final Four, and who knows what they'll be in the future after they obviously are going to lose their coach. They're going to lose a bunch of players, so they, can they maintain that?
2: This uh, was updated yesterday. Uh, Joe Leonardi still has three teams from the American in the tournament. The other conferences, uh, with three or more, the Big 12 has ten the SEC with eight, the Big Ten six, the Big East six, the Mountain West, which is having a great year, five, the ACC, Pac-12, and American, all with three. That's unfortunate for the ACC and the Pac-12. Three's a good number, not necessarily for them, but three's a good number for right, the American. Right, and we'll see so again. what I've said is, yeah, there may not be a great team in the American this year. But there are no horrible teams either. Uh, It's just there's no wasteland. There's not a Drake in here or a Evansville in the Old Valley. There's, I think there's only not a Drake because there's not a two thousand
0: whatever five Wichita State either. You know what I'm saying? Someone's going to run
2: through the league. That's the only reason. Memphis, why wouldn't Memphis, with all that talent, run through this league? They're four and two. Uh, why wouldn't Florida Atlantic, coming off of Final Four, run through this league? Didn't they go undefeated in their conference last year, or one yeah, loss, or something, something like that? Uh, now Florida Atlantic has only lost one game in the conference, but they've been pressed uh, in many other games, including Wichita State was in that game for the first half right. last week. UTSA took them to overtime. Uh, Tulane lost uh, lost two of them by the, by a point. Charlotte. Uh, Florida Atlantic one by two on the road. Uh, this is an interesting conference. It's not great, not saying that, but it's an interesting conference because you know, on a nightly basis, no matter who the Shockers play, they're going to be tested. Right, but does East Carolina interest you? Does this game
0: tonight really interest you?
2: I'll from watch a, it from I'm, an aesthetical if standpoint. If the Shockers had a better record,
0: yes. Outside of I want to know the result and I want to know who's in in what place in
2: the conference. Yeah, but I like watching some level of college basketball. I'm not totally uh, invested in this particular game, but we'll watch it. K-State, Iowa State, definitely interesting. Because I'm kind of dreading watching it. Well, that's too bad. Don't watch it. I will watch it. Well, don't watch it if you dread it. And
0: why would you dread it? Because I I just don't think I'm going to see anything that – You know,
2: listen, here's where I am. I'm not a fan. I don't think I can ever uh, recover that. And back in the day, as I've said a thousand times, there was not a bigger Shocker fan than Bobby Lutz, which my mother called me. Sure. From 1961 to 1977. Wasn't a bigger Shocker fan. Uh, But nowadays, because... Of my journalist, journalism uh, background and all the years covering the Shockers, not a fan, but still interested. Still interested and will be until the day I'm I I'm interested. I'm interested in the Shockers. I know their history. I know their heritage. I'm interested, um, too. I like that. But that li-
0: doesn't mean their games are watchable all the I'll, time. I'll
2: watch it. Okay. We'll watch it tonight as we've watched almost every Shocker game, at least part of it, unless I got... Something else going on. Uh, tonight, I don't. So we're going to watch that one. And then at 8 o'clock, uh, Iowa State and K-State. Will you switch over at 8? No, depends on the game. Depends on if the game's close. If It's, it's an 8-point game. No. I'll stay with the Shockers. All right. And then we'll go to K-State after that.
0: Okay. Makes sense.
2: That's what's on our agenda tonight. Perfect.
0: Sounds fun. Are you getting leakers?
2: I already got it. We got chicken and noodles. Can I and, have that? Uh, Can I take that with me? Gallop potatoes with ham. That's uh, in the refrigerator as we I speak. I might take one as we. Boy, my wife! I'm scoring so many points with my wife right now. She loves it. Good. I want some
0: chicken and noodles.
2: Thanks for listening, everybody. KU Pat, I apologize for leaving you on hold. I did not know you were there. I don't check my phone the way I should. Uh, hopefully, you'll be able to call the show tomorrow, although I won't be here. It'll be Jeff and Jason. Call we'll us see you man. then.
1: We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone fifteens, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone fifteens? You spend a here. only at T-Mobile get four iPhone fifteens on us and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.